0: Welcome to Don't Box Me In, the show that features conversations with people from all walks of life, talking about their extraordinary experiences and inspirational messages. Now, here's your host, Lana Reed
1: hello 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 and i am lana reed and welcome back to this week's edition of don't box me and everybody knows that cats are probably my most favorite pet and today i get to spend some time talking to another cat lover so i'm really in a happy place right now there are excuse me there are a lot of wonderful facts about cat owners Uh, they say we are smarter than dog owners uh We leave a smaller carbon footprint on the planet than dog owners, and we also have better heart health. So that should be motivation for all of you uh, to go out and adopt a cat today there. My guest today is a fellow cat lover, like I said. She is a maven when it comes to counseling authors in the art of publishing and selling their books, and one of the most well-known writing gurus. Patricia Fry has been working with other freelance writers and authors for over two decades. She is a literary and manuscript consultant, an editor, and a teacher. She started writing for a publication in 1973, with her first book being published by a New York publisher five years later. Currently, she has over 49 books to her credit. I'm so excited to get a chance to spend some time with her today, and I extend a big welcome her way. Patricia, welcome to Don't Box Me In. Well, thank you. Nice to be here. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so happy to, uh, you know, be with a fellow cat lover. I tell people, you know, most of the time you're either a cat lover or a dog lover, and sometimes there's no in-between for people. So, you know, I'm just happy to kind of hang out with somebody else who appreciates the beauty of cats.
0: Well, actually, I don't have any friends who don't like cats.
1: <laughs> that's the that's criteria. <laughs> <laughs> we just don't associate with those types of people. <laughs> right. <laughs> too funny. So, Patricia, before I get started uh, talking about our mutual appreciation for uh, cats, I do want to spend a little time talking about your writing career. So if you could um, give us a, a little tidbit about how all of that started for you. Um, I, I think I said in the opening it was back in 1973, but how did you kind of get involved in that career path
0: well it's interesting as I was growing up I was going to be a model or (laughs) a or a dress designer and um, that didn't work I became a, a young wife and mother instead and throughout that process realized how much I liked writing writing lists writing letters, um, just any kind of writing. and I became infatuated by the article. Most mm-hmm. people, they want to write what's you know swirling around in their heads, that fiction or something, Tantalizing, but for me it was the give-me-the-facts-ma'am type of <laughs> articles. And so I began reading the art, type of articles I wanted to write. I was too busy being a mommy at the time to really start a career then, three little girls, little stair-step daughters. Wow. And so I just studied um, in my spare time writing and um, publishing and articles. Studying, as I say, the type of articles I wanted to write. And so it was when my daughters were in junior high school and didn't really need me so much. I was being a super mom and wasn't as appreciated. <laughs> <laughs> Decided I needed to back off and get my own life. and But I didn't want to go too far, like getting a regular job or anything like that. So I wrote my first few articles and on a manual typewriter in the corner of my bedroom. Wow seemed to be successful at that and just continued and continued on until they invented the computer, which I thank whoever did that very much.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You know, you mentioned manual typewriter. and That brings back some memories for me because I remember in high school, uh, typing class was part of the curriculum, and I don't even think kids even have that that opportunity now much less exposure to a manual typewriter I could see them now going to the corner you know in your room back in the day and like you know Patricia what is this what do you do with this thing here <laughs> exactly <laughs> <laughs> so you uh you're you're doing the uh, The segue between a mom who's not needed that much and you you write your first article. Do you happen to recall what the first thing you published was, the first article? I
0: I sure do because the first article I wrote was published, and that also was when I needed to learn how to manage a uh, 35-millimeter camera because they wanted pictures to go with the article. Well, one (laughs) of the things I learned while I was studying was uh, be sure to write something You know, write about what you know. I think most writers entering into this field, they hear that write what you know. So I realized and I also studied the magazines I wanted to write for and I realized that there were um, uh, uh, there was information missing from horse related magazines. Our family was into horses. We did trail riding and my daughters did some showing and this kind of thing. And I was seeing, you know, a little um uh things missing from some of the horse magazines, and I started writing articles to fill those spots. And the first one I wrote was an article on what to do with all those horse show
1: ribbons.
0: (laughs) And, I, you know, I had met people who were making horse blankets and little lap throws that they could use while they were sitting in the stands watching the horse show, and uh, displays. I went around and photographed different displays in bedrooms of the young girls who had uh, won all of these ribbons, and uh, that was, and they just ate that article up, and in fact, put one of my pictures on the cover of the magazine.
1: Awesome. That was exciting. <laughs> awesome. Now, you know, I'm a, a big city Los Angeles girl, and you're talking about horses and ribbons and stuff like this at the time, and I, I'm not sure if you're still there. Where, where were you living at when all of this horse stuff was going on?
0: In Ohio, California, and I'm still here, but we <laughs> okay. don't have horses anymore. We exchange those horses for cats. A little easier to manage.
1: <laughs> I, can, I can I can gather that. Yes. Okay. So Ohio. Okay. So I I am familiar with Ohio. Um, like I said, we just don't have too many opportunities to experience horse life here in uh, concrete uh, cities, but. Uh, Okay, so we have the ribbons, and so that was the first article, so after that, did you become like a regular contributor to that that, uh, publication, or did you move on to bigger and better things?
0: Well, yes and yes, I (laughs) was writing uh, several articles, I was uh, considered a freelance article writer, I would come up with the ideas and uh, present them to the magazine editors or, or publishers, and would, you know, be accepted or rejected. There's a lot of rejection in this uh, kind of a business, and so you have to, you know, that's something I teach is you have to be prepared for that. There seems to be a lot more rejection now for authors. Mostly people are striving to become authors as opposed to article writers or story Mm -hmm. writers. And uh, they experience a lot of rejection, too, which is why things are changing so that we have so many more options. But that's a whole different subject, which we'll probably touch on. I do want to say that um, my first book was also, uh, the theme was horses. It was called Hints for the Backyard Rider. And uh, that's the one that a, a new, that was the first publisher I approached uh, accepted that book as well. And I have to say that I know that I am not the best writer in the world. I am not even as good as some, as many writers. But, mm-hmm. uh, but that isn't the key to being published. The key mm-hmm. is um, sticking with it, stick to itiveness, studying the market that you want to write for, and following the rules. You can break a few rules in your writing sometimes but follow the rules that are set up for becoming uh published in your in magazines or as an author and the the road becomes a little easier then. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know that's that's very humble for you to say that you you're not the best um like seg- going to another uh creative art form, you know like paint artists artists painters and stuff like that a lot of times you know we as the layperson you know we might see somebody's artwork posted in a gallery or something and we're looking at it like you know my second grader could have did that and and you guys are really appreciating it. so sometimes it's really not about being the best but having putting yourself in an environment for the best opportunity to come your way and um We're going to get into that, but that's one of the things that you assist authors with doing is is making sure everything around them is is giving them the best opportunity to be published and be successful.
0: That's right, and knowing what is wanted. That's a a huge one. Um, uh, You really have to know what the editors want, what the publishers want, and what the public wants. And without that, you're, so many people are writing their memoirs, for example, and some of them are absolutely fascinating. And some people are able to put a self-help element into that memoir, for example, or some other element that is useful to the reader. But so many of us are just writing what we need to get off of our chest. What we want people to know about us, and it might not be that interesting. That might not be, uh, there might not be an audience for it. Uh-huh. So, there are two things I tell people. One is, what is the reason you're writing your book? Why are you writing the book? You know, and sometimes the reason is altruistic, it is not, uh-huh. um, It is not because it's something that's wanted. Uh, And the other thing is, what is the purpose of your book? Is it designed to entertain, to teach, to uh, help, to offer options that people don't realize are available? Uh, So there are questions that you really need to, to answer before you put that book out there, unless you plan just to write the book for your family and friends. That's another story.
1: Awesome tips. Awesome tips. Okay. I like that. Um, And and like I said, you know, a lot of times, you know, because the world likes to tell everybody, oh, you know, there's a book in you. Everybody has a book in you. But, you know, it might just be that your book, like you said, is for your intimate circle, not for the world. And you have to make that decision what direction you're going to go because – You know, you might be writing this story thinking, oh, you know, I'm going to be on the New York bestseller, and no, dear, I'm sorry, that's not what you wrote.
0: (laughs) That's not what you wrote. (laughs) Exactly. And then, of course, uh, next comes promotion. So just writing a book is, of course, not the last step. (laughs) It's the... the first step is, is writing the right book for the right audience. And the second step is getting it done. And the third step is the huge one. Well, then there's publishing. Okay, we gotta stick publishing in there. <laughs> and, and that's important to, to really understand. I have a whole book on publishing and all of your options and how to choose the right one for you and this kind of thing. But the biggest one that I'm trying to get to is Uh, The promotion. Um, Even if you go with a New York uh, publisher, um, traditional publisher, you still are responsible for promoting your book, and and that's huge. It's a whole element to this thing called authorship that a lot of people don't think of and don't realize.
1: Yeah, and then a lot of times, what happens is you might find somebody extremely talented at putting words on paper you know and the readers just like wow this is awesome and amazing you know when you but they might not really be that talented when it comes to Promotion. And like you said, it's a very vital part. So, you know, I might have this awesome work in my hand, but I don't, if I don't let the public know it's out there, it's just going to sit on the shelf somewhere. And, you know, if you don't, if you're not good at promotion, you have to find somebody to put on your team that's good at letting the world know, um, hey, I've got this excellent piece of work out there.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) You have to know where, who your audience is, where they are, and how to approach them.
1: True, true. I want you to hold on to that thought, Patricia. We're going to talk some more about promotion when we get back. We're going to take a quick commercial break. Stay with me. Welcome back to
0: Don't Box Me In. Here's your host, Lana Reed.
1: Hello, 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 and welcome back. Today I'm hanging out with Miss Patricia Fry. She is the author of such books as uh, Promote Your Book over two hundred and fifty proven low cost tips and techniques, uh Talk Up Your Book, uh Cat escapades just over fifty titles she has. And before the commercial break, uh we were talking a little bit about um, book promotion, uh writing a book and, and all of that and we were we're actually at the part where we were talking about promotion and how vital it was for an author to understand. Now, um, these are types of things that you do help uh, up-and-coming authors with, and that is uh, promotion of the book. Now, somebody comes to Patricia and says, you know, hey, I have this wonderful book, and you read it and you say it is it is wonderful. We should try to do something with this. Um, how do you – what what steps or what do you prepare the author for? This is what we should do or – are, are you ready? Are you committed to this project?
0: Well, I, I actually don't. Um, I'm not a publicist. and okay. I don't work with authors on uh, book promotion except to the degree that I will consult with them a little okay. bit and help them to learn how to find the avenues that are right okay. for them, the, the avenues that they can handle and that are the best. For the book that, that they're trying to promote. And of course, you know, I tell people, I write it for you. I don't have to tell it to you. I write it for <laughs> you Just buy my book.
1: <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. Okay, so... Yeah. Um, You have – let me get back because I think I got sidetracked here. So like I, I mentioned when we came back, you have all of these titles, wonderful titles, over 50 titles at this particular point. And we had talked before commercial break that the very first thing that you had ever written was about horses. So I know we've got the horse thing. We've got the cat thing. So it's very apparent that. Pets are very, or animals are very important to you. But I do want to bring up that the very second book that you wrote was not anything to do with animals. Um, it was on the history of Ohio, California, which is a very interesting topic within itself. Now, how did you move transition to from horses to being a historian?
0: Well, <laughs> that's interesting. I have a lot of monikers. People call, people consider me here in the valley. They consider me. A local historian. And I often correct them and I say, no, I <laughs> am a writer. I'm just uh, writing is what's in my heart. And I just happen to write on that subject. I just happen to write on a subject of horses. I just have, you know, what you know, that's what you want to write mm-hmm. about. Well, what happened was I was at a book signing for the first book, hence for the backyard writer, when mm-hmm. the bookstore owner said, you know, we really need a comprehensive book on the Ojai Valley because we get so many calls for that kind of a book. There's a lot written about Ojai, but not in one place where you can just pick up the book and find the answers to just about any historical question. So I thought, oh, okay, there's a need. (laughs) And I I spent five years uh, researching that book and writing it and um, promoting and then, well, then, of course, selling it for many, many years. We did two printings over the years, and now the museum has taken that book over, and they're getting ready to bring it out um, with my name still on it, but with um, they'll be the ones distributing it now. So oh. that, that's nice. <laughs>
1: cool. So t- real quick, tell me, what are some interesting things about Ohio?
0: Oh golly, Uh, it is kind of. uh, Ohio is supposed to have an aura. I mean, we have such a wide variety of of um, people, and uh, you might say spiritual uh, followings, Mm -hmm. and so we. The mountains are supposed to have an aura, and it is. um, But it, and and it has uh, brought in so many different. Kinds of, um, I want to say religion, but that isn't mm-hmm. exactly I, that isn't exactly how I would consider spirituality. It. Yeah, um, it's. Um, I don't know. I'm kind of drawing a blank on Ojai. <laughs> I tell people, people will come to me and they'll say, "Would you tell me such and such about whatever?" I'll say, "Let me look it up in my book," because when I move from one book or one topic to another. Oh my goodness! I leave. I've learned that I have to leave the other one behind, out of my mind at the moment. You know, I can get back into that realm fairly easily by picking up the book and looking at it again. But I do switch gears. I have to in order to really put my all into the project I'm working on. True. So, so um, I I would
1: like to segue into that. That's (laughs) that's that's (laughs) that's what we're gonna do next. Yeah, that is what we're going to do. And cats are always a comfortable space to be in. So that's what we're going to do. So like uh, we've said many times, me and you share a love for cats. And you have many, many titles about um, our furried friends here. Uh, I think one of the first ones you put out, if I'm reading correctly, is called Catscapades. Was that the very first one?
0: That's right. That's the first book. I have done a lot of writing for cat magazines over the years, um, you know, nonfiction articles about cats, uh, uh, the calico cat, how they, can, you know, what some of the myths around the calico cat. I was introduced to the palace cat, that's a wild cat, that's P-A-L-L-A-S, in mm-hmm. Denver, in a Denver zoo one time, and uh, wrote about that cat for a cat magazine. So I've done, you know, cat personalities. I've done a lot of things like that. And then one day I decided I have so many stories about cats. I've had so many cats and known so many cats over the years. I'd like to put a book together of some of my best cat stories. And that's what got me started with, a, with books about cats. I, I then switched over to fiction. It was my birthday. <laughs> two three years ago, and I said, "Okay, what am I going to give myself for my birthday this year?" And I said, "Oh, what I'm going to give myself the opportunity to write fiction. I had never tried it before." <laughs> and uh, so I sat down and wrote a book called the, the in a series. The series I decided it was a series, and I hoped I had more than one book in me. And it was called the Klepto Cat Mysteries. Now, the first the first one was called catnapped and it the theme involves a an ordinary cat with some very extraordinary kinds of habits for example he can't keep his paws off other people's things and a lot of the things he comes up with are clues to the current mystery so it makes it a lot of fun. The cats don't talk; they're ordinary cats, and there are people who take good care of those cats, and they just find themselves in a whole lot of situations. <laughs> so that I, I just finished uh, and produced this week um, the eleventh book in that series.
1: Awesome, awesome. So <laughs> when did the when did the first one of the series come out? What year was that?
0: That was uh, June of. Uh, 1913. The first one was published. 2013. And, uh, yeah, what did I say? 19? Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah.
1: I, so right. right. I said, wait a minute, hold on now. Okay, 2013. Okay. 2013, so.
0: absolutely, yeah. Okay. And, uh, yes, I need editing too, especially when I talk.
1: <laughs> me too all the time me too so i tell you what patricia if i fall you catch me and if, if you fall i'm gonna catch you We're teamwork. <laughs> so in your um klepto cat mysteries um are there any cats in real life that are that have kind of became models for the characters in the book
0: yes absolutely the first story is actually almost a true story that happened in a town one of my daughters lives in. Her cats were kidnapped, catnapped and one of them, she caught the guy running off with the cat and she got her cat back but one of them then disappeared and uh, they think they know where the cats went and what had happened to them and so the story was based on on that story. Um, The cats that I use in the book are patterned after cats that i have known but not totally so for example i have a kitty lily who carries things around in her mouth Mm -hmm. she doesn't she she, it's all her toys there are her toys and she carries them around in her mouth it's so cute Mm -hmm. and my mother's cat is this really he's he's the one that i pattern the way the cat looks rags the main cat uh, is gray and white, kind of like a tuxedo, only gray and white, and he has the most confidence I have seen, in <laughs> that. and I thought, so he is really my star, but he does he's not a kleptomaniac, so I kind of bring Lily's little uh, habit of carrying toys around and gave it to rags, <laughs> 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 and so So, yeah, there are um, definitely, I don't know how you could write a series like this and capture cats' personalities without bringing in cats that you've known and without having known a lot of cats.
1: Yeah. Really, yeah. Yeah. You have to have some, some true life to model it. And you know, when I read the title at first, Klepto Cat, you know, I immediately thought of my guy, um, Sonic, you know, I adopted him from the shelter, but he has this habit of, you know, hair ties. He actually does steal them. And, you know, when I'm, (laughs) when I'm, you know, vacuuming under the bed or somewhere, you know, I find like this bundle of, you know, his stash, bundle of hair ties that he's like (laughs) stolen from me, you know, but so I was like, okay, well, you know, I could see that, you know, this Klepto Cat, and I I just think it would be interesting to see how you tie it all into this mystery. But like I said, you have in the, the book form, they have these human components to them, uh, who they're they're assisting in solving mysteries uh with their kleptomania I'm assuming it all ties in. I think it's really a cute and neat concept there. And uh, you know, it's 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 nice that you got some real life uh models that you've modeled your stories after. So Lily, I think I've read this name Lily before, she actually shows up in cat escapades as well? Yes, she does. Okay, yes. okay. So she is your cat? Yes, she's
0: one of ours. She was one of 15 kittens born one year, and she happened to be, there were three mama cats. 15 kittens, all the mothers were feral, and Lily and her little siblings were born in a Volkswagen, and um, I figured this is a rescue situation if I've ever heard one, and I mm-hmm. have room for one more cat. Oh, there's always room for one more cat.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, is Lily still with us? Yes, she is. She's six years old, and she's right here. She's uh,
0: wondering where her lunch is. She gets three meals a day, I'm afraid, and she is bugging me for her lunch right now. (laughs) (laughs) Lily,
1: hold on. Give me 30 more minutes, Lily, and I'll get your lunch to you. (laughs) Patricia, we're going to take a quick commercial break, and we'll be right back right after this. Let's return to Don't
0: Box Me In with your host, Lana Reed.
1: Hello, 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 and welcome back. I am with Miss Patricia Fry today. She is the author of such books as Catnap, Cat Eyewitness, and Slight of Paw, a uh, series, uh, a klepto cat mystery series. And uh, we were talking about uh, Lily before the break, her, her companion there who's patiently waiting for lunch there. So I'm curious, how many cats do you have in the house right now? We have three
0: now, and they are all house cats, and they are all formerly feral. We brought them when we brought them in; that's where they stayed, and nobody complains. <laughs> they are happy, happy, happy to be inside. So, yeah, one of them we found in our wood pile—a little teenage kitty, black kitty—found uh, uh, found herself pregnant, I guess, and she mm-hmm. had the kittens in our wood pile, and they were so wild we managed to to save them all and we kept max and he's 17 years old now
1: oh that's pretty up there for a cat 17
0: yes it is and and i he would have maybe lived two years outside he is scared of everything still uh, Mm. the the cozy lap if it's mine but Mm -hmm. he he's still afraid and um so yeah it it was a good thing to bring him in. We have another one that we've had for ten years, and we can't pick her up. We can pet her, we can snuggle with her all over, but you put your hands around her to pick her up, and she's like jello in your hands. So some mm. of them, you never, you, you know, you just have to work with what you have <laughs> and, True. and who True. they are. <laughs>
1: True. Awesome. So are cat's the only pets in the house.
0: Yes. Uh huh.
1: You never. No dogs. No. No arch enemies
0: no no dogs we haven't (laughs) tried going there
1: (laughs) (laughs) so what what is it that you appreciate about uh cats being a cat owner
0: oh gosh that's wow that's something i haven't thought about in a while if i were sitting in front of the computer i could probably come up with all kinds of things because that's that is how i think is through my writing into the computer Mm -hmm. for some reason anyway um They they are a comfort. They they are just they're just cute. I just (laughs) I I mean I just smile. I see a cat in a window as I'm taking one of my daily walks, and I smile. I mean they're (laughs) just something so. I think they're spiritual. I think they, I think they can look into your soul, (laughs) you know, as when they look at you with those eyes, they are seeing deeper than just surface, I just know it, I don't know what they're seeing, but, but it's deep, they, um, they have such varied personalities, and so some of them you're going to get along with really well, and some of them not so much, because not every personality gels, and that's when it's, Wonderful to have more than one person in the house because Sophie, our 10-year-old, she likes me okay, but she loves my... Significant other. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> so that is, I'm just so happy for her because the other two are usually on my lap trying to be on there together, and there's no room for Sophie, so she found her person and she is happy. <laughs> That's,
1: right. That's okay. I'll get me my own human, okay? There I like let's Sophie. Let's <laughs> go. So you now have, uh, once again, how many uh, in the Klepto Cat Mystery, Mystery series? Are-
0: there are 11, and then there's one book with the proofreader right now, and I am already plotting out the next. I mean, I just can't stop.
1: <laughs> awesome, awesome. So do you have any inkling as to how many more that are in, Patricia, or are you just winging it as you come along? I'm just winging
0: it, and <laughs> it's a little bit scary. I think, what if I run out of ideas? But I used to say the same thing with uh, article writing. What Mm -hmm. if I run out of ideas? And then I would laugh at myself when I would realize how, you know, it's just, it could go on forever. So I don't really know. I don't have a, I'm not ready to quit now. That's about all I can say. I don't know what will happen in the future. But um, the, the latest book just came out this week, like I say. And it or last week we're into a new week already. It's called positively sinister. All of the <laughs> all of the titles um, reflect some aspect of cat, and that, that's the hardest part for me for to put these books together is the title. Some of them come immediately and never change. Others, I struggle and change and struggle and change. Even when the cover is being designed, I'm writing, emailing my cover designer and saying, oh, I have a new title. (laughs) (laughs) But this one, I particularly like Positively Sinister, and it goes into a little bit of otherworldly things, which I haven't tried before. And golly, people are going crazy over it already.
1: Oh, okay. Okay. Awesome. And so that one is coming out? That
0: one's out. That is the one that just
1: came out. Okay. And, um, you know, you're, you, you mentioned earlier that you have three daughters, so I, I'm assuming they've grown up with a mom who's been writing about cats all and and living with cats or whatever. Were there any complaints from the three daughters like, Mom, come on, you know, I've got this cat mom, and you know, or were they? Or were they <laughs> you're not gonna make, especially the teenage things. You're like, oh my gosh, my mom's writing about cats. I got to tell all my friends that she writes about cats. <laughs>
0: Well in those days I I was writing about uh, so many other things too okay. Biz- business and parenting and okay. and they really um they just I was just mom they just did everything <laughs> in their stride I wasn't anybody special to them and then they got older and they people other people would say to them Wow, I read your mom 's article, or gosh, I, I love your mom 's book, and the girls were starting to think, Gosh, other people are seeing Mom different than we do, and they started asking me um, about my writing and So at Christmas, every year during the period that I was doing the articles, I would uh, copy the article, all the articles I had written that year and put them in binders for the girls and for my mom. My mom's still living. She's 93 and she reads my books. So I have to be careful. I can't put anything too racy in my books because mom won't approve. (laughs) (laughs) But she loves these klepto cat mystery books. But oh. yeah, they so the girls um really came to appreciate it and and now with uh Facebook and all that going on that they're seeing more of me showing up on the internet my girls are and um like I say still people talking to them about my books and they are just totally impressed.
1: <laughs> so cool. I'm cool. happy. <laughs> oh yeah, that's reason to be happy. Are there grandkids floating around yet? Oh
0: yes, I have six grandchildren, and they're all adults. And I have five, six actually, um, great grandchildren now. So moving right along, and they and I'm teaching all the little ones to love kitties.
1: <laughs> uh, I was gonna say you're a pretty uh, popular grandmother there, then, with the cats and stuff like that. So <laughs> they right. like them, and you know, I I mentioned earlier about you know how long this, you know, how many more. Cat books that you know Patricia might have in her, but you know now that we're talking about you know Facebook and social media, I don't know you know I go to YouTube sometimes and there's tons and tons and tons of cat videos, so I'm going to you know just put it out there that there's probably an unlimited number of cat books that you know you could possibly do that are in you because cats just provide us with so many different experiences and 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 day-to-day lessons and nuances that um, you could write forever about. Uh, cats I believe you know no no discredit to the dog owners out there but you know I am I am kind of biased so
0: <laughs> right that's exactly right I read just the other day that fifteen percent of the uh pictures and videos on the internet are cat related that was a shock fifteen yes. percent. <laughs>
1: Yes, yes. Especially, you know, when people are always giving cats a bad name, you know, and I've never understood it because I've had cats since I was little, you know, but people always say, you know, cats are kind of like they don't want to be bothered with you and they're so antisocial. But, you know, cats have that. Okay, I want to be in close proximity to you, but I want to do it on my terms. I just want you to know that I'm running the show. I'm calling the shots, but I do love you. So they're very sociable creatures, but it's just, you know, on their terms. So, you know, I just I've never really understood why people don't appreciate cats. I just think they're the most awesome things in the world, you know, from the small domestic ones even to the big guys out there. and They just have such a a, a beauty and a grace and style about them, you know. I love dogs to death, but they're just kind of these like big sloppy, you know, excitable hey, 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 how you doing kind of things you know, Uh, but cats have this this aloof graceness about them that is just so charming and so it just kind of draws you in you know so i've never understood why you know people don't appreciate cats they're just amazing
0: you're absolutely right either you are either intimidated by cats it seems or you respect who they are each individual cat has has (laughs) a different personality but overall you're right There is that aloofness that some some people would call aloofness, but it (laughs) is them. Just it is the cat, um, you know, showing where her place is and uh, where and and how she fits into things. And I think it that if you respect that, um, you um, you know you're going to get along with your cat and you're going to have a a really good uh, um, relationship with your cat.
1: Awesome. True, true. So I noticed most of your um, books, they're published on um, e-book, you know, Kindle kind of format. Do you find um, in your years of working in the writing uh, world that um, people are now just really preferring uh, electronic versions versus the actual print version? Or do you find that people still want pages to turn in their hand? There's excuse me,
0: there still are people who want that book in their hand. And I was one of those for a long time until someone loaned me a Kindle, said just try (laughs) it, (laughs) and now I'm a Kindle person. All of the KleptoCat books have been published as Kindle books first, and then we turn them into print um, little by little. We have six of them just getting ready to to do the seventh one in print excuse me, and um, they, um, uh, the, the people using Kindles are reading fiction, so it's really important if you are coming out with a fiction book, I know a lot of old school authors want to hold that book, they want that book in print, they think that, they want to see the book in the bookstores, but if it's fiction, the way that, you really want to bring it out on a Kindle or, well, electronic. It doesn't have to necessarily be Kindle, Mm -hmm. but uh, for Nook or for any e-reader, because that's how we are reading our fiction now. All of my other books, all of my nonfiction books are, most of them, I should say, the ones that are still in print are on Kindle. And for Nook and for a lot of e-readers, and they're in print, and they're made for audio. Well, the audio ones sell pretty good, and the e-books sell a few, but it's the print books that people want for this type of a book. They want to be able to go back and refer to things more easily and maybe do highlighting in the book. So okay. non-fiction isn't really set up to, to be enjoyed and used on your e-readers but fiction oh yeah that's the way to go
1: awesome never really thought about it like that but that is that is a good point though you're reading non-fiction you do kind of want to you know i like to butterfly my pages and i'm coming back to that and you know reference whatever and and with you know your kindles your nooks and whatever it would kind of you know, i just never really thought about it until you said that so that would be a good uh, selling point for you know still not giving up that old traditional paper in your hand and turning the pages there good deal mm-hmm. um, we're going to take our last commercial break of the day Patricia when we come back I want to talk some more about the services that you do um, offer to people to help them with their writing so stay with me and we'll be right back
0: Welcome back to Don't Box Me In. Here's your host, Lana Reed.
1: Hello, 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 and welcome back to Don't Box Me In. Today, I've been spending some time with Miss Patricia Fry. She has been writing uh, for over 40 years, contributed hundreds of articles to over 300 different magazines, and published more than uh, 50 books. And uh, we were talking about uh, her Clepto Cat Mystery series before the commercial break. And I did want to put out there, I, I didn't do that yet, and I want to make sure I do. Um, most of your books, or if not all of your books, are published under your own publishing company, Matilla P- Press. Is that correct? Matilla Ha. I know
0: that's a strange Matilla-ha. word. <laughs> but if you lived in Ohio, you would know the word. <laughs> uh, yeah, Matilla Ha Press. Uh, but uh, only some of them uh, are. I do also have books. With other publishers, I just finished one for all worth Press and that one's going to be about how to uh, write a book proposal. It's a very unique spin on how to write a book proposal for fiction, for a children's book, for any kind of a book um, travel book it goes it's specific which I haven't seen another a book uh, another author take that tack with mm-hmm. with a book proposal book. So this is going to be something special, and it's it should be coming out sometime this year through Allworth Press. But yeah, many of my books are through Matilla ha Press, my own publishing company, which I started in 1983, way before it was fashionable. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so you've been trailing past a long time, a long time. Matilla, ha- I'm gonna have to remember how how to say that. Matilla, I was looking at it before as I was preparing. I was like, oh, I'm gonna wing this. We're gonna see what happens. So. <laughs> You were close. <laughs> uh, righty. So um, let's just say, hypothetically speaking, your neighbor two doors down comes running over to you and, you know, Patricia, I've got this book. I wrote this book. And I'm just going to get it out there. And, you know, with today's technology, we have all of these resources for uh, people who want to be authors. You know, you can publish yourself, you know, with minimal investment and, you know, really no – checks and balances that um maybe generations or years ago we had to do so you know you might have your your neighbor who's uber excited about this book that they've written you know i'm just going to put it out there i'm gonna publish it myself and you're going to say maybe things like uh did you get it edited yet i oh, no i'm just going to put it out there what are the importance of uh having like an editor or having somebody look at your, look at your book um what are the you know? Why do we need a book proposal? I mean, why are some of these things the services that you provide? Why is it very essential that people authors really take the time to investigate it and explore explore these kind of things when it comes to publishing a book?
0: Well, it's uh, in one word, I would say competition. There's mm-hmm. a whole lot of competition out there. A lot of people are writing books now. I used to read uh, when uh, um, in books about publishing or writing that uh, they figured that uh, 80% of us have a book inside us like you mentioned earlier in the show mm-hmm. and now I think just about everyone is writing that book and trying <laughs> to get it published <laughs> it used to be that there were just a few of us actually doing it so it, I would um, yeah so you, you know I, I would take that person back to um, to those two things that I mentioned earlier, uh, what is the reason you're writing this book, and what is the purpose for it, and and find your audience. You know there are things like this that you need to pay attention to before you call the book finished. But once you it is finished in your mind, yes, absolutely have it edited. Another set of eyes. The way I do it here is I have my significant other. Read at mm-hmm. the first version, the very first draft that I could consider kind of complete. I have him read it because a lot of times there are technical things that I want him to look at. Am I using? Is my character using the right tool to open that door, or break mm-hmm. the door down, or whatever? And so there. And plus, from a, he's a, an avid reader, so also from a reading standpoint. So he's my first, my beta reader. And Mm -hmm. sometimes I have other beta readers who just enjoy reading the book and come back with some great ideas. Um, Then we go to an editor proofreader, and she does the nitpicky stuff. Uh, It's amazing. You have to have those extra eyes. And it's okay to have friends and family look at your book, but do also have uh, a professional editor look at it before ever, before you ever consider having it published. Um, it's it's kind of scary because mm-hmm. none of us like to be uh, you know rejected or have um, crit- criticism, especially of something that is so intimate with us. Our writing is. So it's such an intimate part of us. So it's a hard thing to do, but it is extremely important. People need to look at their. I, I say, be consider yourself the CEO of your book, and look at it as a product. Consider yourself the CEO of a business that is bringing this product out, and um, and and I think you'll look at your your book a little bit different if you take that attitude.
1: Yeah, look at it as a business. Because I think sometimes, you know, as a writer, it's emotional for you. And giving your your heart and soul to somebody to say, no, this is wrong, no, this is wrong, you know, that can be an emotional place to be in. So sometimes it's hard to put it in, you know, five or six different hands and say, you know, rip it apart. Uh, but that is actually the best thing for your Business, your business of writing that you could do for yourself. So you know you're just going to have to uh, suck it up and and accept the the input that other people have, especially when it comes to editing. Because the worst thing I think people can do, and I, I've I've done it myself, is uh, read people's books. Oh no, this sentence structure is wrong, and this period didn't go there, and the puncture, I can't even read this book because. You know who edited this? You know, so that's kind <laughs> of wait a minute, hold on. So it's so very important. Um, yeah. One, one of the things you also help people with is a book proposal. Some people I've I've talked to up and coming authors, they have no clue what a book proposal even is. Um, real quick before we um, head, what, what is a book proposal?
0: It is a marketing plan for your book. It it is you you want a book proposal. For your publisher, if you're going to try to get a traditional publisher, the he is going he or she is going to want to see a book proposal, which is a business plan. A bi- I said a marketing plan. That is that too, but it's basically a business plan for your book. And but you want it for yourself. You may say, well, I'm not going with a traditional publisher. I'm going to go with one of those self-publishing companies. Mm-hmm. You still want to devise a book proposal so that you know who your audience is you have an idea about who your how you're going to promote it you have and you are able to write a synopsis if you can't write a synopsis how are you going to write promotional material your brochures your bookmarks your your press releases there's just it, it is a business. You have to look at it as a business. And the book proposal is highly important business plan for your
1: book. Awesome. And so you help people with all of that. And um, so they can catch more of that, the services that you offer on PatriciaFry.com. Fry, all of that is there, correct? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. Now one uh, and i do want they'll find on your website there that you're also available for speaking uh, appearances as well and you you also will help people with their editing and their book proposal and stuff but uh, one of the things i was curious about when i noticed that you do the speaking engagements who's responsible for taking care of all the kitties when you're off tra- traveling across <laughs> the world
0: <laughs> oh you know everybody anybody who has kitties or dogs or horses <laughs> they have someone special before you ever li- Think about leaving town. You have someone special. Our next door neighbor has chickens and rabbits and dogs and cats, and we trade mm-hmm. back and forth. I, she's wonderful with the kitties and <laughs> and with you know cell phones these days, you're never out of touch with anybody. So you know that if you haven't received a frantic text. Everybody at home is fine.
1: <laughs> oh, awesome, awesome. So before we go, Patricia, um, your books are available on Amazon. And is there any other place that people can get your books?
0: The print books they can purchase through my website. That website is matillahawpress.com. You mm-hmm. can find it through the patriciafry.com website. You know, you can click back over to it. I know matillahawpress.com is a strange word, um, Just, uh, but Amazon has the best deals, and they do a good job, so I would just send people to Amazon to, to purchase the books and to look at my whole list of them and read about them and, and hopefully buy them. I have sold, so far in April, I had sold 40,000 copies.
1: Wow, so they are popular. <laughs> congratulations. Awesome. That is beautiful. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, cool. Everybody go to Amazon, get uh the Kleptocat mysteries. And uh, before I go, uh, Patricia, please tell Lily to, that I say thank you for allowing me to take up her lunchtime. I truly appreciate her patience. And uh, we are at the end of the hour and I've enjoyed hanging out with my fellow cat lover. I wish you all the best, my dear. Thank you so much. I had a blast. Oh, <laughs> thank you. It. Thank you. My guest today has been uh, Miss Patricia Fry. Please visit her website, Patricia Fry F R Y dot com, and uh, get uh any one of her books and uh, support the love of cats, the appreciation of cats. That is all for this week's show. I'll be back next week at the same time. Until then, remember when it comes to your dreams, the words can't and won't should never slow you down. There's always space to change and to grow. Don't be boxed in. Live your very best life. I am your host, Lana Reed, and I will see you all next week.